Hey, what's up, everybody? Krista here with the Krista and Ed Show. And today, wow, we have an awesome guest with us. His name is Kevin Willis, and he works with players and coaches to bring a new level of mental toughness to the game of hockey. Now, how does this apply to business or personal life? Well, you're going to have to stay tuned and find out. Welcome to the Krista and Ed Show. This is where we are going to document our journey on everything partnership in love and in business. We are not holding anything back, guys. So if you want to learn about online marketing and what goes on in an everyday life of a husband and wife, making these two things work together, make sure you follow us. And guess what? Everything's going to be all right and okay. Hi, everybody. It's uh, Ed from the Krista and Ed Show, obviously Krista. Um, we're here today and we're super excited. We've got Kevin Willis, who uh, we met actually in Boise, Idaho a couple months ago. Kevin Willis uh, hails from uh, Falls Church, Virginia. He has a PhD. He's a sports psychology consultant. He does peak performance coaching. Uh, he has a level five USA hockey coach accreditation. His nickname is Dr. Dub, and really he helps uh, athletes, not necessarily with the psychology, or sorry, about the phys- physical side, but more from the psychology side and helping uh, extend further and all about mindset. And uh, I'm going in waters I don't know, so I won't go too far, uh, but we really appreciate you spending some time with us, Kevin. and. Uh, yeah, we would love to hear about what you're passionate about and, and what you're doing. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be on the, on the show. I know that, uh, you know, that it may not make sense. Why would you have a sports guy doing an entrepreneurial show? But I guess at the end of the day, when you talk about peak performance, when you're talking about trying to, you know, get the most out of your potential, um, it is a lot about mindset. It's about belief. It's about hard work. It's about being able to to bounce back from from you know adversity and obstacles. And so all of that is is sort of goes across all the realms, whether it's sports, you know, like hockey. I specifically coach hockey, and or or it's football, or it's or it's baseball, or it's the entrepreneur who's maybe sitting in their office at home. Maybe they're by themselves and they're just not feeling you know, that, that passion, or maybe they're feeling doubt or anxiety and the ability to, uh, to sort of, you know, sort of dig deep and, and work through it and move forward anyways, is the mark of a champion And you guys got where you were because you continue to move forward, even when obstacles step up and even when adversity steps up and even when the big D word doubt, right? Doubt is a killer. Uh, and so you yeah. just keep moving forward and that's so powerful uh, regardless of what you're doing. And, and, you know, for kids, I work with a lot of young people. That's a lesson that you just can't learn early enough in your life. Uh, you know, as an adult, um, I, I meet far too many people that don't have the ability to sort of to work through those issues because they've never been taught. They've never, you know, had somebody sort of coach them. And so I'm passionate about, you know, making sure that kids from the sports perspective, because that's what they really resonate with, 
uh, get it. Uh, and then when they can translate those skills into the real world, then it's just a win-win. Oh, wow. Uh, That's awesome. I myself, honestly, like as much as I always wanted to be on a sports team, I just wasn't coordinated. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I tried out for a few, but you know, but, um, but mindset is huge. You're right. And, yeah. and also, you know, I'm just kind of tying it back as you were talking in the entrepreneur world, like being part of a team, you know, to, to, to win together is not a one person sport, right? So in business, it's kind of the same thing, you know, sure. try and do it all yourself, but it's going to work a lot better for you if everybody's working together towards that, yeah. you know, common goal. So I guess the Edmonton Oilers would be a great example. You've got all these number one draft picks and, uh, Are you going yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just, <laughs> it's the elephant in the room. Like, you know, uh, we got this superstar team, all these a players and, trying to have the psychology of them all getting along and creating that chemistry because you can have the worst team really just cohese create yeah. in, in whatever sport. Yeah. And it just becomes a superstar group. Right. So yeah. 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 My only Oilers reference. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I'm a big fan. I like anything hockey. So you can't, nice. uh, you can't yeah. uh, worry. Sure. Yeah. So, so when you say that you work with kids, like, are you talking about, um, um, when they're part of a team as you're coaching them, or is there something separate that you're doing? No, so yeah, I've, I work with players as young as say 10 or 11, um, because that's an age where they're sort of still in mom and dad's pocket and still learning the game and still sort of being, you know, driven and pushed into playing. They like it for sure, yeah. but it probably wasn't their decision. And yet, you know, they're still, so you get them at that point, but then, you know, around 13, 14, uh, certainly 15, 16, now this is starting to become their passion and they're starting to drive the bus and they're starting to, to, to have to take on the, 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 you know, accountability and the responsibility of sort of taking charge of where are we going to go with this thing? And if you don't have yeah. things like goals and if you don't sort of know who you are as a, as a person, as a player, uh, then you're going to struggle. You're going to bounce off of things. And so what I try to do is, uh, is to, to sort of corral them early enough to where they understand there's some key milestones that you probably should understand because as we work through all of this, this coaching and these, these ideas, um, they're going to come in handy. They're going to help you sort of navigate this stuff. I tell, I tell kids all the time, and it's not just hockey, it's all sports, but specifically in hockey, it's a very rough journey to get from being the the wannabe to being the, the the superstar right it's a hard journey and if you don't if you're not willing to accept that you're going to have to to endure some very uncomfortable times along the way uh then you'll bail uh there's a statistic that's very sad that 70 percent of all the young uh, players that get into sports you know when they're five and six and seven years old when they are getting into sports by the time they're 13, 70% of those players are out of the sport. They're, they're done. I'm done, right? Think about that. That's, that's, that's still such a young age, right? 70%. And, and it all, 90% of the reasons are mentally uh, motivated. Their coach is, is a hard ass. Their parents are pushing them too hard. Their, my, my teammates don't like me. You know, all of these Reason. type of mental stresses are what push them out of sport not the sport they love the sport but they just can't handle the pressure so if i can change that number even by one or two percent over my lifetime i think that would be just you know that would be a calling for me so yeah. 
my goal is to, to make sure that these mental skills, this mental game training um, is a requirement. And it's not now in any sport, but I think it should be. I think Absolutely. it's as important as all the other things that they learn. And so my goal is to spread that message, make sure people understand that you need to teach these skills as, as, as well as the physical skills uh, for kids to be successful and, and to enjoy the journey, right? Even though it's hard to enjoy the journey. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, yeah. Wow. That, that's amazing. I just think back, I mean, my daughter's fairly young, but there were some girls at the lake who um, were in cheerleading, right? They're quite a few years older and they're doing flips and flops all over the place. Yeah. So she's four and she's like, yeah, I want to be a cheerleader. So mm -hmm. I'm like, okay. Right. Mm -hmm. So we put her in cheerleading and it's not, it's not, it's an expensive sport and buy her all the stuff. And um, you know, she, we, we made her finish for a year, but after probably day three, she's like, oh, my legs hurt, my teachers make me hurt. But you know, yeah. it's hard though as a parent too though, like because oh. I remember at that point going, okay, am I pushing her into something that all of a sudden I wanted to do, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think our decision was okay. Like she was four, you know, and you know, she's getting older and if she wanted to go back into it, we could, but you know, just the psychology of that is really cool. Like I would be honored to have a coach, you know, teaching my kids that kind of stuff because not all parents have that skill set themselves. Yeah. yeah, no, you're, you're spot on. And I think the idea that, uh, uh, you know, a young, a young person exploring different sport opportunities who, who knows what they're going to like right and and kids in general they may love it but they may hate it today right so that doesn't mean they hate it they just means today is a but see isn't that true of of, of even us as entrepreneurs trying to build a business we love it but we hate it today is a terrible day and i hate it why did i get out of bed and you know maybe i gotta have a meeting or maybe yeah. i gotta go somewhere and i just don't have it so what happens when you have to bring it anyways what happens when you have to perform in a, in a stressful situation anyways? And so if you don't have the skills and if you don't have the, the motivation to try to work through that, then that will be a, a major fail. Uh, and as a, as a business person, you don't want to fail. You've got a customer in front of you and you don't, you're not feeling it. You can't afford to just fail. You can't just say, no, sorry. Hey, hey, Mr. Customer, I'm just not feeling it today. So we'll reschedule. See you later. That just doesn't work. And yeah. a kid, yeah, they get to do that and they get to explore. But, you know, it's funny because the hard journey I talked about for hockey uh, or, or any sport for that matter. Geez, do you, do you think that every entrepreneur ever really steps back for a minute and says, listen, I know this is going to be brutal. This is going to knock me down 150 times. Am I committed to getting up every single time and continue to move forward. And most won't explore that early. Uh, and then you only find out who will by who did, yeah. right? Who did. And so there's a reason why there's a lot of failures in business is because maybe they didn't take a couple of steps back and say, all right, what am I getting myself into? What, what I, anybody can perform when things are good, right? Yeah. Anybody can be their best when things are good. Uh, but who are the performers when things are hard? Who are the performers when the pressure is really high? Yeah. And, you know, statistically they say that you don't perform better under pressure. You know, some people say, Oh no, they're a gamer. When, when the pressure's on, they really bring out their best stuff. That's not backed by the research, right? So that's sort of a myth. 
And then that's okay because that might get people through a tough situation. But what does happen is those that can at least maintain their performance, continue to perform, they appear to have raised their performance because so many have fallen off, right? Uh-huh. So the gap is, is sort of a false gap. But at the end of the day, if you can continue to push, even when you're under pressure or you're just not feeling it, you know, you're, you're destined to be a winner. Yeah, yeah, I love wow. that. It made me think of this visual. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's probably gone around on Facebook and it's a cartoon and there's somebody like chipping away at the rock, right? And they're this close to the end and it, and it's saying like, like, don't stop. You don't know how close you are. It's because so many people stop right before the end. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Right? And yeah. the other way, so. I think there's lots of layers to that too. Like some people have self-destructive personalities right they, they get to that spot where they've done it all and then they're like no, it's they something think they've done it or all. They, they, not done it all but they, they've they've reached a certain point <laughs> yeah. and they, they don't feel that they deserve it yeah i mean that's yeah. a layer but right? it's all yeah. Like yeah. That. no yeah. that's 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 incredible as a matter of fact you know you hear about fear of failure you know that the idea that if i'm going to try this i'm going all in and oh my gosh if this thing doesn't work out i'm going to be humiliated and, and i'm just going to be the worst case uh, you know, scenario for, for everybody, my family, myself, and it's just, yeah. I can't handle it. I, I shouldn't go for it. Right. So we pull back. Well, that's one thing, but the fear of success is real. Just like we were talking about Ed, the, yeah. the idea that what if I do make it, what if I am hugely successful? Oh man. And then they're freaking out. And so then they pull back and then they sort of sort of sabotage their own efforts and they don't show up and they don't give everything or they, or they just bail, you know, you see it all the time. It's, it's an amazing thing. And so the idea of things as simple as, you know, gratitude, being grateful for all the opportunities that you've had, it grounds you Um, optimism. You know, they say that, you know, if you're too optimistic, you might, you might think things are better than that they are. And that, and that people that have a tendency to be sort of maybe sort of on the negative side or more realistic in, in life. Uh, and that might be true too, but let's just face it. Who would you rather be around? Somebody that's positive or somebody that's negative, right? And if we, if we look at that positive and negative as energy that we could see around people, right? What happens when you got a negative person and a positive person? Yeah. When you go to that positive person, you, you can just feel that energy and it's coming to yeah. you, right? When you're around the negative person, which, which way is the energy going? Oh my God, they're like a vampire. They're sucking all the energy right at it. And you're exhausted after being around this person. You're like, oh my gosh, I don't think I can hang out with this person anymore. So, you know, these are, you know, is, does the science, you know, back up this idea that negative energy will draw people in? No, but there's enough anecdotal evidence. And you know, come on, when you're around negative people, they can just ruin, ruin everything. Uh, And so that's part of it. That's, yeah. That's part of it. Yeah. I I think, honestly, the idea that if you can get your head around where you're going, you got to know what you want. You got to be willing to take the slings and arrows, and you got to be willing to push through, anyways. Uh, Those are skills. Those are skills that you can learn. You don't have to just experience and say, oh my God, that was brutal. I'll get back up and try again. Oh my God, that was brutal. I'll get back up and try again. And you go through that a few times. You're like, dude, I know how to do this now. This is great. But what if I told you I could teach you some things so that when you get back up, it's easier the next time. And maybe you don't get knocked down again. You know, maybe you keep moving forward. It's a combination of, you know, skills you learn and skills you experience. But um, why not take a chance on the things that you can learn? 
Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And you know, this last year, I have to say for me anyways, has been really cool because I'm exploring all of that now and realizing that, you know, this isn't something that people just have or don't have. Right. And I think for a long time, I just thought, well, I'm just, you know, I consider myself to be a pretty positive person, but there are techniques and things you can do to keep pushing yourself forward. I am so guilty of the sabotaging thing and fear of success. Like I I have to tell you in, in my other business, like when things are going really good, it's almost like that's when I was more nervous because there was this thing in my head that told me I don't deserve this. There was this thing that was telling me that now all of a sudden more people are going to be judging me because they want to drag me down. Right. Right. But you know what? It's it's like, that's done. Like that's broken down now. And it's so cool to have found, you know, the, the, the community that we have and the, the, the coaching and all that kind of stuff, because it's like, what have I been doing all this time? Like I am a superstar and I'm just getting started and Mm -hmm. everybody else can just move right out of the way. And I'm not saying that in a, in a bad way, right? Like I'm not knocking people or putting people down. It's just that you have to be able to stay in that zone and protect it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. 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 There's actually a term in the research. It's called the imposter syndrome, right? The idea that I'm doing something and people are recognizing me and they love me and I'm successful and what, how did I, how did this happen? That's, yeah. I, I'm not that good. I'm not that successful. What's going on? And so you sort of shrink down. It is, it's all, it's all a mental thing, but yeah. once you can get over that hurdle and just sort of be grateful for what's happening and, and not attach too much to that stuff. Right. So it's just stuff, you know, the, the whole idea of thinking it's just, it's words and pictures, right? It's not real. It's words and pictures. And so you get to sort of decide what those words and pictures are going to be. And that's, you know, part of what I teach my players is that you can turn the channel. You, if you don't like what's on your mental TV, just turn the channel, turn the channel, you know, and and I've talked about that before. Yeah. Like she, if, if, if we're down or something, she's like, okay, I'm going to just like, like hard, change it well for me it's always been a conscious thing right because i do believe like you said it's important to learn some of this stuff um you know when you're younger but not everybody is you know brought up in the best scenario family wise or or everybody experiences different things in their life right Mm -hmm. so we're, we're actually are wired you know a certain way and our brains i think automatically kind of default to like fight or flight do you know what i mean sure so you know, for me, like I've always kind of had this self-talk thing in my head from as far as I can remember as a child, right? Being like, well, this isn't right, or I don't like this. And one day I'm going to do it differently. Right. But I mean, I'm 39 years old now. That's a lot of years and I'm conscious of it Yeah. to, to keep, you know, doing that sort mm-hmm. of a thing. And when you're, when you're a child, you don't necessarily have control of the environment that you're in either. Right. But as right. an adult, it's really cool not just an adult, but mindset when you're younger too. Like it's, it's, it's so cool to realize that, oh my God, like you can change this whole story at any yeah. time. Yeah. It's kind of like that. Anytime. It's like that keynote speak or speech that, uh, um, Steve Jobs did where he basically said the day I changed my mind was when I realized everything around me was contrived by other people, like how your house looks, the size, you're in a box, whatever it may be. 
was defined by other people that maybe were not as smart as him or, or whatever. It didn't matter. It was just like, whoa, wait a minute. So the iPhone and transforming society to some degree with this technology device, you know, took somebody who like realized that everything around you is completely contrived by other people. It's not necessarily, you know, uh, right. whereas most people put a container around themselves and go, okay, well, here you go. And we're all, we're all, we're all bad about that. I've done it before. You break everything down and then all of a sudden you're like immediately recreating. And Krista and I talk about that. She's like, whoa, okay, we're not recreating what's the past. We need the future. I'm and, I, and I'm bad about that because it's like, okay, I gotta, you know, and you, yeah, so it's, it's yeah, fascinating. He'll say things like, and this is how forward thinking I am, right? He'll say things like, oh, you know, we should get a hot tub. And I'm like, but we're, Be not, careful. we're not living here like forever. So why would we do that? <laughs> uh, like, we're, we're moving to Hawaii. So like, why, why would you talk about a hot tub? Like, yeah. You know? <laughs> Yeah, but, but it it's is. good. Uh, I mean, and, and to be able to do that, you know, um, and really think about mindset and how you don't realize how powerful it really well, is. I think part of it is when you're a kid and you're young, you don't um, you don't evaluate and judge as as readily as you do when you get older. And that's we sort of grow into it. And that's sort of a protective mechanism. But we judge and we evaluate and we have rules for all of our thoughts. We see something and we instantly have a rule for it. And so that's how it is, right? And it's not until you reach a point where you just say, wait a minute, whoa, whoa. So I'm looking at this thing and, and they, they're saying something. They're looking at it too. And they're saying something's completely different than what I'm saying. But we're looking at the same thing. So it's about the rules and the judgment and the evaluation. So if you start to recognize that, that thoughts are, are just your words and pictures, um, then you you can sort of separate from them a little bit and just say, okay, wait a second, I'm not the thought, I am just observing this thought. The thought is here. So let me create some space and maybe look at it from a different angle. And then all of a sudden, it's it doesn't mean the same thing and you get better at doing that, you know? And, and that's one thing that I think where I'm going with the sports psychology piece is that, you know, so much of my work has always been a, a cognitive skill, you know, learn how to acknowledge your self-talk, right? So recognize the self-talk and then change it. So when I'm saying this about myself, say this about myself, but that's a, that's actually taking action on a thought and that requires thought. Well, if you're an elite athlete and you're playing a fast physical sport like hockey, you don't have time to think your body had better react, right? So what I'm teaching them to do is to separate from these thoughts. Don't get hooked by them, all right? So my analogy I use is imagine you go fishing. You throw your line out, right? You get a, a fish on the hook. What, what's the fish do right when it gets hooked? It fights, right? Yeah. It fights and it pulls and it pulls. And what it, what's it do to the hook? It, it makes that hook tighter and it makes yeah. the situation worse. So its instinct is to, to fight, to try to get away, but that actually makes the situation worse. Wow. What if it just relaxed? What if it swam to the danger? It swam at you. That hook might just fall out and you'll separate from, from that, that issue that you had. So easy to talk about, hard to do, but when you begin to sort of recognize thoughts as just words and pictures and be able to sort of separate yourself from then you're really on your way to you know a, a wonderful life because now you're not going to be controlled by thoughts and opinions and judgments and rules whether they're yours or those that are imposed on you, 
you can just sort of see the world and say, wow, you know what? I like this. I like all of this. Oh, it's, it's interesting. Um, and it's not, not this, it's a little bit of an aside. Kristen, I had a discussion the other day cause she's lived in Quebec for a couple of years in her informative years. So she's fluent in French. And so she says, you know, sometimes when I meet somebody and we're talking, it's like your mind shifts to thinking in French, right? Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people don't understand that we think in a language. So we're defined by that language. Mm -hmm. So in some cultures, is there a word love? No. So does that mean love exists? Mm -hmm. So interesting how you bring this up. I'm having some thoughts here. Yeah, epiphanies about it. She's like, if you can separate yourself from it, from the real core of you, and yeah. that thought and not being defined by it, that's a really hard thing to do. Very hard to do. You know, men, men, uh, mindfulness and meditation, those are things that have been around for, you know, thousands of years, literally thousands of years. But if the further I get into all of these, you know, skills that you can actually do, the, the things that you do, you do this, you do this, you do this, you do this, the further I get down there, the, re- the closer I realize that it's not the doing, it's the not doing, right? It's right. the just sort of be right sort of if you've ever done meditation or mindfulness you feel this weird sense of calm well the point of the meditation isn't to feel calm it's yeah. not it's to be present right the calm is just a happy accident um, but there are a lot of other things that come out of that kind of training and so I'm finding the, the whole shift from being you know um, absolute intentional with doing and doing and doing to slowly moving to not doing and just being and recognizing that if this bad thing comes into my space, I don't actually have to, you know, deal with it right here in front of my face. I can take a step back. I can expand the space. So then it's further away still. And I don't have to interact with it. I can actually not even pay attention to it. I can pay attention to my breathing, you know, and that's, hard skills to learn, but they, they'll change your life. They literally will change your life. I have to tell you, if I was a fish, I'd have got caught every time. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like uh-huh. I'm a, oh, okay, I'm going to, and she's like, whoa, well, how do you where think, are you going to get in the car you, and go? How do you think I where are you going? You? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Nice. I'm like, what am I going to do with it? And she's like, you're getting in the car. You're really going right now. And I, because right. I do that. I'm impulsive. It's like, there's a problem. I got to go. Yeah. I definitely would be like, <laughs> okay, I'm bad for that. So yeah, no, this is, this, there is an analogy I heard from Tony Robbins many years ago where he said, you know, you know, he had gone to the circus and there was this, the elephants, right? And they're huge. And really they're, they're just walking around. It's like, Hey, elephant, be free. Like open up the tent and walk away. Right. right. And so he talks about that and he says, and, but if you step back and you go, okay, when that elephant was a baby and it had the, the rope around its leg, which most of those elephants, when they're sitting at the circus, they have a little rope and a little stake. Yeah. But when they were little, they pulled on that stake, pulled, 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 because they didn't have an, you know, any preconceived notion that they couldn't do it. Right. And they're pulling and pulling and pulling. And then they accept at some point psychologically. That they have to stay. And now they're like 10 times the size and that psychological barrier is there so yeah. i was going to try to think of it although whether you implemented it with thought is another thing but it was something that kind of impacted me thinking of that like you know you are molded from your younger so it's incredible that you're 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 mentoring kids that are young enough that you can mold them that way and really that thought process the people that are super elite athletes 
you know, tend to do a, a good portion of them can do well in business or in life in, in general. School, it, it yeah. goes across yeah. the board. And you, I, I noticed that as well, like with friends of ours and, and mm-hmm. their kids who are involved in sports, you know, it's, it's not just one area that they're good at necessarily either. Right. So. No, absolutely. Yeah. It's, there's no, it's no um, question that the people that can learn how to, you know, perform under pressure and perform with confidence, regardless of, of their situation, can do it in the next phase too. In business, you're up in a tough situation in a meeting or a yeah. negotiation or something, you can continue to bring it because you've got those skills. So yeah, I, it's, I love what I do for sure. Oh, would, would you say there's like a, a theme to where people have obstacles? Like are there patterns that you've seen? You know, I mean, you've kind of brought up some, but I was just curious, like, because- yeah, well, yeah. So specific, you know, to uh, things like judgment, you know, we all judge, we're looking around and we have judgments. And so those judgments stimulate the, the thought of the rule that goes with that judgment, you know, and then we, we you know, the, the judge, your analogy of the of the uh, of the elephant, you know, yeah. it didn't know that, um, you know, when it was young that it, you know, was stuck and then it learned that it was stuck. So it created that condition, that rule. And then later on, just by putting a rope on its leg, the rope was tied to a nail that could pull out easy, but just by putting that stimulated the rule. And so the rule is that I can't get away. And so I'll live my whole life. When you put a a rope on my leg, I will stay nearby because I can't go anywhere else. And until you change that rule, um, you know, it's, you know, you've heard the analogy of your brain is wired certain ways, right? Uh, back, you know, when they had record players, do you remember those things with yeah. the actual needle? Well, I don't I remember. Don't, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> you don't remember. <laughs> well, back in the day, they had record players. And so you, you, they literally had grooves on them. And so if you played that song, it sounded great. But if you took a nail and you scratched it, what would happen when it came across? Well, it would yeah. skip and it wouldn't play right. And so you, you almost have to do that to those those wirings in your brain, you have to, you have to scratch them, you have to break them down. And, and then you, you, only then do you have an opportunity to learn something that's different. It's the only way you can do it. And it's hard. It's hard yeah. to go in, inside yourself and, and really, cause all some, some stuff has been buried for so long yeah. that you actually didn't even really know it was there. But I truly do believe that you have to go through all of that to, to get to a point where you really can, yeah. you know, be your best, um your best self you know and and just for the record the only reason i know what records are is because i did a bit of this okay (laughs) just say it just saying hey that's awesome that's cool no i i i'm gonna take something from this is is that every thought you have probably has a prescribed rule attached to it just from your past experience so to for me that's what i'm taking from this is really Right. And and they're not all bad and they're not all good. They just take a minute and just recognize that, recognize the thoughts, see it, step away. You're not your thoughts. They are exist. They're words and pictures around. So just take a minute and then decide. So when you, the person pulls out in front of you and you just want your, your brain to blow off, you don't know if they're not rushing off to, you know, an emergency or something like that. Never do that. (laughs) this is so awesome like you know what our office still has some bare walls and i'm totally going to the thrift store and i'm buying some records and i'm putting them on i like i seriously am i like it i want that to remind me and then i'm gonna get a rope with a nail 
And I'll, <laughs> and I'll look at her and go, Krista. Oh, we'll just start scratching them. No, I, whatever. Say, hey, and she'll be like, okay, I get it. Right? <laughs> well, well get, get a fishing, fishing line with a, a hook and put that up there too. Yeah. And that reminds you oh not God. to get You had on. to bring that up again. No? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think I know what your superpower is, but we like to ask all of our guests, you know, if you were to distill you know, from your point of view, what, what would you say would be your kind of secret superpower? Or maybe it's not a secret. <laughs> um, I guess the thing that is most important to me, having raised uh, kids myself, and, and now I've got grandbabies that are coming, and it's just, you know, uh, I can't think of anything that I love more than my kids and, and their kids and, and, and my relationships with my wife and, and just the whole, is I want people to believe that they can accomplish things that they can they can reach the the dreams and be the people that they only imagine that's possible so if i had a superpower and one of the reasons why i look like working with young people is that is i can get you to believe and i can get you to believe so that you'll do the work the belief doesn't get you there it just doesn't and, and wanting and hoping it, it just never gets you there but Believing enough to do the work, to do the things every day, to do the things every day, knowing that this is my path and this is where I'm headed, uh, you do have to have a belief. And so if I can help you believe that you can achieve what you want, yeah. if you do the work, then that's, that's what I'm going to call my superpower. Yeah. That's awesome. Good. It's an incredible combo. Really. Oh my God. We could go like a million directions. I, I'm too, totally so. canceling our psychologists. <laughs> <laughs> we just got a free we session. We just need the, the, uh, the, the fishing rod <laughs> and the record up on the That's wall. right. Um, That's right. So um, we also like to ask our, if our guests want to ask us a question or we're, I'm a bit nervous about this. So, so we were talking about you guys have been very successful in the things that you're doing and you know, you've clearly you know, charted a course that will take you to amazing places, but yet you're willing to sort of disrupt all of that and go at something that's different, something that I, I'm assuming seems more exciting or more pleasurable or more, you know, laid back. I'm not even sure, but so I would love to understand the psychology of reaching that decision because if you're on a path that looks successful and, and, and technically, for all intents and purposes, it was very successful. You guys were killing it, but yet you're willing to sort of pull up stakes and go at something else. That's a very powerful change, and change is scary. How did you guys get to that? You either get to that because something horrible happened and I had to change, or you get to that because I just want something different. I would love to know how you guys got there. Well, you know what? It's interesting because from us doing these uh, interviews, we have been digging that out that we never really realized. And we realized the other day that it's really aligned and it's about fulfillment. Like your why, like being able to say, we want to help people. So it's not the grind every day of just like, Oh, here's another contract or here's another project or here's a, you know, whatever it may be. Um, and it would really come an inspiration for me anyways, came from her in her, in her boutique in dear Scarlet boutique. Um, where she was giving uh, necklaces to moms at the Ronald McDonald house and, and some of the testimonials that came, like she had a lady that, that these necklaces she's giving, she was giving free shopping sprees to all the moms as like a way to give back to the community. And me as a business guy was like, Oh, that's expensive. And, 
you know yeah. i'm like thinking that way but right? i was like no like, she's like i'm need to giving help back these moms sometimes like go straight from the hospital to our city with very sick kids they didn't even pack their stuff right yeah right you have nothing women i mean like i'm not gonna say we're simple we are complicated but if you have a nice new outfit or shirt or something you just feel good yeah right? Right. So, yeah yeah. So she was really giving that little time respite where they they had a bit of retail therapy. And so then she had these necklaces that she found, which were inspirational. And they said she believed she could, so she did. Yeah. And so she was giving these necklaces out. And I was like, oh, another thing we're giving away. <laughs> Anyways, uh, and I, not to take away, like I, I love going to their own house and helping the families and we've done cooking dinners for everybody. But anyways, you know, not long later, she got a video testimonial from one of the moms who, whose uh, daughter passed away. And um, she just said that the necklace had really helped her. It was like the anchor to help her get through it she could look in the mirror and say i'm gonna st i i know this tragedy's happened but you know um i still have to be a good mom to the other kids i still have to be a good wife i still have to and so we kept getting these types of feedback and so when we got this she did a video sent it to krista i had the hair on the back of my head i was like yeah whoa this is like i i do not feel fulfillment like that in what i'm doing the grind right. And I turned her and I said, honey, and she said, that's what I want to do. That's what, that's why I do it. And so right? we both didn't realize at that point, but that was the pivot point. It's like, I'm tired of this grind of what I'm doing, not to take away from what, what, we, yeah. what we're doing, but it was just like, we want to come up with a platform where her and I are passionate about help as a family, we're helping other making impact. Yeah. You know, and, and yeah. that was a pivoting point too, where I also stepped back and went, wait a minute. Like people see you in a certain light. You don't always see that of yourself. Right. And for me is when I really realized how I was impacting, you know, lives and strangers without yeah. really realizing it. Um, and it was like, you know yeah. what, we have, you know, skill sets and whatnot that really can impact other families and lives as well. Um, and why don't we just do it together? You know, yeah. like, it just seems like it, it just yeah. makes sense, you know, yeah. instead of working on our separate businesses and, and at the end of the day fighting because we're so frustrated that, yeah. you know, all this stuff is happening. Like money is great. Right. But it was like that moment where it was yeah. like, I would rather feel that all day long than have yeah. a bad bank account. Yeah. And just realize that. And it was yeah. like, okay, we have to figure this out, you know? And yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm realizing it with intent now. It's kind of like you talked about earlier, where mm -hmm. if you're cognizant and having a client that, uh, you know, is a small business and, and helping him and he's like, my business is increased. Like you don't realize that this is, this has increased our business 300%. Like it's incredible. And yeah. actually getting that glow. Whereas really in what I've been doing, I just feel like it's like, okay, I got to pay for this building. I got to pay. I got to, it's a constant grind and I'm going, yeah. I'm not feeling fulfilled, you know? So you know, so it's a weird kind of way that this has happened, you know? Well, I'm, you know, you guys are the nicest people. Um, we, we talked in Boise and you're so pleasant and, and you clearly love life and you ooze that. And so you're fun to be around. I mean, we talked about positive energy. You guys are positive. No, no. So we, <laughs> <laughs> 
we, uh, we, we appreciate the rest of the world appreciates uh, what you guys bring. So it's, it's awesome that you got there. It's awesome that you, you know, your, your journey is not only going to be fulfilling for you, but it's going to be fulfilling for the people around you, but you know, you're going to enjoy the journey. Um, so God bless you. I think that's awesome. Oh, thank, thank you so much. And I think, uh, you know, you were talking about the discomfort. I mean, we're going through that mm -hmm. to, to transition. It's we're, been we're painful. Emptying, like we're oh. like, yeah, yeah try yeah. to empty and the then, bucket and, and, and I'm bad cause I try to build up again and she's like, no, no, no. I just keep poking holes this. in it. Yeah. 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 So yeah, yeah, just water pour. This is good. I don't know what it is, but it, there's something else for us. I know. Challenge your old rules. Just challenge your own rules. And a lot of times you'll say, you're right. Why, why are we doing, why is that so important to me? It's really not. And then just move on from there. So yeah, you guys are awesome. Thank you. Oh, Appreciate awesome. it. Well, no, go ahead. All right. So I just wanted to ask um, if our viewers or listeners need to get a hold of you or want to get in touch with you, how, how can they do that? Sure. I, um, I'm a sports psychologist. I work with uh, teams and athletes and coaches and parents. You know, it's funny we didn't talk about that specifically, but you mentioned being a parent of an athlete is hard. Mm -hmm. So I work with all aspects. And so my site is thecompleteplayer.com. Mm -hmm. um, it's very hockey centric, but I work with athletes from, you know, all different areas. Um, and so if you, if you want to, you know, reach out and, and see if, you know, we have a conversation and see if it makes sense for, for what I do. Uh, I'd love to hear from you, but um, thanks for the time on the show and thanks for uh, for being such great people. Aww, Thank you. We appreciate it. All right. Take care. Okay. Bye. Right. Bye. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening. If you liked this episode, please go ahead and leave us a review. Do us a favor as well. Take a screenshot, share this episode on your social media platforms on Instagram or on Facebook with your friends. We would love to have them. And for those of you who might be interested in actually watching the video version of our interviews, head on over to our YouTube channel and just look up Kristen Ed and you will see them there. Um, now, a couple things I wanted to just let you guys know as well, if there's ever anything that Ed and I can help you with when it comes to marketing and sales, head on over to our website, kristened.com. There you will find some more information about who we are, what we've done, and the types of services that we can help you with. Our most recent, we have launched our virtual CMO program, which we are so excited about. Um, and another thing, that you don't want to miss out on, guys. And this is happening the week of April 30th. We have teamed up with Tony Robbins, Dean Graziosi, and Russell Brunson for a very special launch that is going to change the world. So head on over to our website, check out more information about us, and we thank you again for listening. Yeah.